The Daring Days, The Daring Nights, The Adventures of Bill Mesnick, Rich Buckland, The Splendid Bohemians, bringing you another episode of uh, Supercar, no, (laughs) of Put on a Stack of 45s, the program that introduces you to, possibly introduces you to, unless you have never had a radio, a song of note, and we kind of deconstruct this and the artist and uh, what led to its popularity or lack of, and we get into the enjoyment of and the pleasures of the 45 RPM, the days of the 45 RPM. Bill, my friend, how are you? Good. I'm excited. Are we you have, excited? Uh, we have uh, uh, an interesting subject. An interesting subject is right, because this is a, uh, this is a gentleman who uh, did not live a long life, but he did many things with this short life, and uh, they were not little things either. <laughs> <laughs> they were things like a woggle in the park, things like a kiss in the dark, things like a... What was the ride? Say what? Things like a snowboat ride? Sailboat ride. Sailboat ride. See, I blanked What about the night we cried? That's what dementia will do. I'm forgetting the sailboat ride. I'm thinking of a snowboat. (laughs) But in any case, yes, you guessed it, gang. Robert Walden Cassato, a.k.a. Bobby Darren, one of the showbiz greats. Do you know how he came upon the name of Darren? How might that have been? He took it from Darren McGavin. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. He took it from Darren McGavin. Yes, the Darren Night McGavin. We had a popular television show at the time. Which which TV show was on? I'm trying to re- I, I'm trying to remember it. Uh, it was uh, I think he played a uh, a detective. Wow, that was early TV. Yeah, yeah, fifties. Yeah. He, then he went on, of course, to. Uh, the Night Stalker. Night Stalker, and of course, the father in Christmas Story, which yes. is probably his it's immortal, his, that immortal, his, an immortal role. It's 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 funny how those things happen. Yeah, yeah. the Night Stalker and Christmas Story. Uh, he became Robert Walden Casado, but that was obviously meant to be for a man who was present at the assassination of Robert Kennedy, which altered him forever on the night of June 4th into the 5th of 1968. Um, you have to figure that this is a songwriter, a musician extraordinary. He played every instrument. He was one of those multi-talented people. Um, I saw a, a clip on YouTube, fascinating. He's doing impressions. Oh, yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he he's doing this, he's putting it in this context of a guy who wins a trip to Hollywood and he's drunk, it's a champagne flight, and he wanders into this bar and he's playing drunk really, really well. But at the same time, then he's saying all that he's imitating all of these stars that he's imagining that are in the bar. Uh, the man was absolutely brilliant. And that you look at the, um, the clips from the This Is Your Life show that they they focused on Bobby Darren and who's paying tribute Sammy Davis George Burns they're saying you know to this kid 
this guy is the future. Well, he certainly was considered a major Las Vegas player. Yeah, with um, Mac the Knife. That, yeah. that just broke him internationally. Yeah, I mean, that, the, that, that song has worked for many. Sinatra, Louis Armstrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Endless. But that really put his career into uh, perspective. Uh, and he was, he was everywhere for a period of time in film, uh, in recording, all over television. And uh, his marriage to Sandra Dee was big news on, uh, in all the teen magazines. Oh, yes. He uh, was married to Sandra Dee from 1960 to 1967. And uh, so, uh, one, of, one of the interesting also features of the biography is something he shares with Jack Nicholson, that he was raised thinking that his grandmother was his mother and his sister his mother was his sister and she didn't tell him until he was 32 years old yeah that's a little (laughs) reminded of uh paulie walnuts uh sopranos his mother telling him (laughs) she's not his mother and he's already in his uh you know god knows what late 50s Um, yeah and in that this is your life segment this was before it was revealed to him. So the sister comes out and, you know, she's like caressing him and singing his praises and everything and uh, how smart he was in school and all this, you know. And, and with that knowledge, you, you just takes on this whole other dimension. Well, his mother's name was Nina. And uh, he believed that Nina uh, was instead his elder sister. And that mm-hmm. Polly, who had raised him from birth, was his mother. His it's grandmother, Polly. Polly, yeah. And, yep, it's 32 years old. And, uh, <laughs> wow. And like another uh, featured artist that we've covered, Burt Burns, he suffered as a child from rheumatic fever, which damaged his heart valves. He knew that he was going to have a short life. He was, he was burning with ambition and needed to uh, establish himself early. Well, he was ill his entire life, um, beginning at the age of eight, when he had recurring bouts of, yes, rheumatic fever, but he was also, um, heart surgery weakened him in 71. He had two artificial valves implanted, and he spent most of that year recovering from the surgery. But as a, as a kid, it, it all started early. Yeah. And another interesting fact about... Uh, his parenting, um, the identity of his biological father was kept a secret. Um, yes, she never told him. Never told him. I find that uh, interesting. <laughs> I wonder if it was anyone of, of note. Now, apparently uh, he was a, a gangster. Evidently, evidently. But that wouldn't... In, the, in those days, that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. You make a living, you go out, you shoot some people. It's a living. It's a living. It's a living. If you see uh, Harvey Keitel portray Lansky, you get the impression that, you know, you do everything for family. So what does it matter? And, of course, his big breakthrough record 
Splish Splash in 1958 was co-written by your guy, Murray the K. Murray the K. Kaufman. Splish Splash, I was taking a bath Long about a Saturday night yeah. Rubbed up, just relaxing in the tub Thinking everything was alright When I stepped out the tub and put my feet on the floor I wrapped the towel around me and I opened the door And in a Splish Splash, I jumped back in the bath Well, how was I to know there was a party going on? There was a splishing and a splash Innovators of uh, not just radio but rock and roll production as far as stage shows are concerned. Right after Alan Freed, you have to put Murray the K as having inherited the ability to be able to get those um, youthful arses in the seats. Um, but he began his career as a songwriter for Connie Francis. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, who he became romantically involved with until her father broke it up. Yes. He wasn't Italian enough, I guess. Mm. Like, whatever the situation was, Connie uh, <laughs> Connie had a strong parental tie, so I can see where that would have gone nowhere. She said that was, uh, she regretted that not eloping with him as he was urging her to do uh, for the rest of her life. sorry now That would make a wonderful wonderful romantic. uh... There are many stories in the Bobby Darren story. Yes, there are many stories. As we laughed about earlier, Kevin Spacey tried to portray it. Well, Kevin Spacey tried to portray it, and now we can't talk about Kevin Spacey without wondering. Except my understanding is Kevin Spacey just got hired for this large production of some kind. So I, I, Well, I, I the, my problem was Kevin Spacey, and this is once again, we're talking about an upcoming series about George Jones, um, where Michael Shannon is going to play George Jones. But uh, Kevin Spacey trying to sing... Like Bobby Darren, I think was a fatal mistake. Well, we'll see if Martin Scorsese is making a fatal mistake with uh, Jonah Hill's portrait of uh, Jerry Garcia. So everybody, well, Jerry Garcia is uh, <laughs> Jerry Garcia as a vocalist. Sing. I don't think is going to be. Yeah, you know, I love Jerry Garcia's voice, but I don't think that it's. You know, uh, on the on the on the level of a George Jones. No, but you can. Country artists are interesting if you can if you can if you can get some intonations. And and there will be people who will state that it's. There are people that stated that Joaquin Phoenix could not capture Johnny Cash, and uh, Joaquin Phoenix did a fine job in catching the essence. Well, since we're on the subject of country, we have not mentioned the uh the song yet it's things which was a country song that bobby darren wrote in 1961 released in 1962 on the atco label it made it to number three on the pop charts and uh, the b-side was jailer bring me water jailer bring me water yeah i did mention it because i actually sang a little of it at the top of the show yes we did we did but we didn't um 
give the specifics. No, we the, did not give specifics. Of, and, the, of um, the record. When it comes to Bobby, specifics uh, specifics make a difference. And when well, you there talk, are so many. you got to talk about Dream Lover because that's, pr- that's a pretty extraordinary um, – I think that might be my favorite. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's a beauty to that particular... Makes me cry. So- Absolute beauty of that particular song, but when um, he had a fondness for country music, and eighteen yellow roses is, in my estimation, his best work um, in attempting to uh, na- to navigate that field, mm. and it, it always captured, in, in my estimation, it captured the modern country of the day. And it was even ahead of its time in the sense that um, the production with the piano work and uh, just the overall emotional uh, imagery of it all seemed to be very, very uh, heartfelt and very authentic, as many country records often are. And that's why they are popular to this day for those who... Who, for those who believe in those elements of sentimentality and uh, and life and death. Well, Things was covered by Ronnie Dove in 1975, and it made it to number 25. It had a boogie beat, a different, a different approach altogether. Um, and it was on Melody Land Motown's country label, which I thought was intriguing. Yeah, because you don't when you think of Motown, you generally do not think in terms of uh, of, country, no. of country music, and you don't think in terms of uh, those little ditties. They were, you know, <laughs> they were hitting you with Holland Dozier and Holland hardcore uh, rhythm and blues all the time. Every week there'd be a new record, but they tried to keep up with the currency of taste as best they possibly could. Um, I thought that Darren was also a prolific actor, and um, he had done a couple of films that I think are are truly noteworthy, particularly uh, the struggling jazz musician in Too Late Blues, which was yeah. In a short span of time, he he um, collected accolades. Um, for acting as well at Too Late Blues, as you say, which was John Cassavetti's first film. Very first major Hollywood studio film. Yeah. And um, he got an Oscar nomination for Captain Newman, M.D., as playing a wounded soldier in 63, and a Golden Globe nomination for Pressure Point. I remember Pressure Point, where he plays the uh, the Nazi. Nazi opposite Sidney Poitier. And to play opposite Sidney Poitier, that's not... That's not an easy task. So look at the artists that he's working with uh, 
in music, in film, in every aspect of his career. He is working with the top uh, A-list artists. Yeah, and uh, you know, as is as is noted in the "This Is Your Life" segment, nobody worked harder. Yeah, nobody worked harder. But I think there was an instinct in him that he knew that he had to make a change, and it wasn't just for his political views that he changed his name back to Robert Walden Casado as a professional name, as opposed mm-hmm. to his born name. Um, because it was only was this, 1966. This was before the Kennedy assassination. No, this yeah, 1966 was I, was when he had uh, Tim Harden's cover of "If I Were a Carpenter." If I were a carpenter and you were a lady, would you marry me anyway? Would you have my baby? If a tinker were my trade, would you still find me carrying the pots I made, following behind me? Save my love through loneliness. Yeah, if I were a carpenter, and he released it under the name of Walden uh, Casoto. No, it was Casado? released under Bobby Darren. But at yeah. that point, he was identifying himself in interviews as Robert Casado. He was gotcha. beginning to talk more about being Robert Casado. Acknowledging. Acknowledging, yeah. 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 He was really... But tr- you're... Yeah, go ahead. He was really trying to get back to his um, identity. Yes. Um, well, a- like you say, when, when after Kennedy's assassination, he basically dropped out of the business and lived in a trailer in Big Sur, um, became very introspective. He ended up starting his own label in 69, Direction. Yeah, Direction. Which he said was to seek out statement makers. And he never really had success in in that uh, field, just as Phil Oaks never had success in trying to develop his own statement makers. The closest he came was Sammy Walker, and I don't think Bobby came even that close. Well, Bobby Darren uh, with Terry Melcher had his own music publishing company and he, he signed Wayne Newton and they, you know, did Donkashane. And he also, I thought this was interesting, Jim McGuinn was a 12-string player in his band. For a very short-lived period of time. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he was supportive of, of Jim McGuinn and what he was uh, doing because Terry Melcher, of course... Ended up producing the birds. Well, he took a love to Tim Harden, and he could identify with Tim Harden because of Harden's jazz side, uh, because of the folk adoration that he was developing. And I also believe because he saw in Harden another young man who probably would not overcome uh, his, his struggles in Tim's case, uh, heroin addiction, and understood that there was a uh, a need for him to be heard before it was uh, too late, or he couldn't well, write, write another song. It's interesting, uh, some television appearance that he made close to the end of his life, 
he's singing his own song, a simple song of freedom. And he, he says that well, I recorded uh, Tim Harden's If I Were a Carpenter. Uh, and, uh, and then later he recorded my simple song of freedom, which was Tim Harden's biggest hit. Come and sing a simple song of freedom Sing it like you've never sung before Let it fill the air Tell the people in everywhere We the people here don't want war Hey there Mr. Black Man Can you hear me? Yes, it was his biggest hit, uh, yeah, um, but not the most popular song that Tim no, Harden has no, remembered of for. That, of course, Rod Stewart cemented with Reason to Believe. Reason to Believe. And so many other artists, including uh, uh, a great version by Scott McKenzie. So he saw in Tim Harden, you know, a, 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 a young and talented man that he could identify with, particularly given the progress that Darren had made in songwriting, because it was 1962 that Bobby began writing country-oriented material. He didn't get to the folk element about four years later. So he had already, Things was on the uh, country charts, and in the U.K. it was number two. You're the Reason I'm Living, which has been covered multiple times, and, of course, 18 Yellow Roses. And these were big hits for Capitol Records. Right. Things was his last uh, single on ATCO. His last single on ATCO. He went to Capitol, but then he ended up coming back to uh, the Atlantic family. And his, uh, you know, as, as you say, he pretty well went into this state of becoming a hermit, and you heard all these stories. I remember at the time these stories were mythical. Um, as a kid who would, uh, was showbiz-oriented and attached to knowledge of what was going on in Vegas as well as what might be going on at the Fillmore East, uh, my consideration of his taking this leave of what consider... You know, you're wondering if he's... Yes, you have to figure he's doing a little tripping. You have to figure he's really reflecting. Course, but what yeah. he's doing basically is he's going full circle. He's trying to discover himself. Before, he took off the hairpiece. He took, well, yes, he took off the hairpiece, which always looked like it needed to come off <laughs> in one way or another. There is some, Something I, I always relate to. <laughs> I've seen you've had a couple of notable toupees in your career. You've had a uh, yes, well, only one that I owned. That you owned, right? Others were provided for you by the yes. uh, mm -hmm. by the studios that. But I, I but I've seen you, I, I, I've I've seen your your scalp developed by the, the people. My favorite who, was a, a a crew cut uh, wig that was made for me for. Um, a play that I did about Hank Williams where I played his lead guitar player, Burhead. <laughs> a crew cut wig. Very mm -hmm. nice. Very nice. It's my favorite. Really looked good. So if you remove the crew element, you could have gone right into skinhead mode. Yeah. Go from crew to skin. Crew to skin. 
Anyway, let's not get off the track. No, but um, there's no business things, like show business. Um, like you say, it, it's not the pinnacle of Bobby Darren's output. But the reason that I chose it, and I will tell everybody, was that I just woke up singing this song for some reason. I had I had no... Uh, there was no influence into my mind, but the song was just there. I was just singing it to myself and thinking, who who sang that song? I thought it was Dean Martin, I told you. I researched it. Dean Martin did, in fact, do it. Every night I sit here by my window Staring at the lonely avenue Watching lovers holding hands and laughing Thinking about the things we used to do Thinking about things Like a walk in the park Things Like a kiss in the dark Things Like a sailboat ride What about the night we cried Things But then when I saw that Bobby Darren wrote it, I said, well, we have to cover this. Well, also, it... It gives you a little hint of Dino singing Memories Are Made of This. So there's there's a similarity to the melody, and I can hear Dino's voice. And I actually attribute the song more to Dean Martin than I do to Bobby Darin. And yeah. so when you originally brought it up, I had it flipped in my head because there's a recording that you just informed me you don't like that I love, which is Bobby <laughs> Goldsboro's Little Thing. Little thing that you do make me glad I'm in love with you. Little thing that you say make me glad that I feel this way. The way you smile the way you hold my hand And when I'm down You always understand You know I love those little things In my ear And, uh, but then again, I like honey, so... Well, I, I, I hate honey. Um, but I like this little things better than honey. Well... The sentimentality of some artists is considered um, undyingly endearing, and for others, it's kind of like, what sucker would buy into that? And I think that's a lot of reasons that country music gets a bad rap. There are people who suggest that he stopped loving her today. It's just ridiculous, when I think it's one of the greatest vocal performances and pieces of poetry that's ever been written. But let us now speak of things, ladies and gentlemen. The late, the very great Bobby Darren. Things. Every night I sit here by my window, window. staring at the lonely avenue, avenue. watching lovers holding hands and laughing. Thinking about the things we used to do Thinking of things Like a walk in the park Things Like a kiss in the dark Things 
Like a sailboat ride What about the night we cried Things like a lover's vow Things that we don't do now Thinking about the things we used to do Memories are all I have to cling to And heartaches are the friends I'm talking to When I'm not thinking of just how much I loved you But I'm thinking about the things we used to do Thinking of things Like a walk in the park Like a kiss in the dark Like a sailboat ride What about the night we cried Things like a lover's vow Things that we don't do now Thinking about the things we used to do I still can hear the jukebox softly playing And the face I see each day belongs to you There's not a single sound And there's nobody else around Well, it's just me thinking of the things we used to do Thinking of things Like a walk in the park Things Like a kiss in the dark Things Like a sailboat ride What about the night we cried Things like a lover's vow Things that we don't do now Thinking about the things we used to do And the heartaches are the friends I'm talking to You got me thinking about the things we used to do Yeah, I mean, you know, what can you say? It's Bobby Darren. I mean, it's Bobby Darren. It's in this song, it's a songworm. Yeah, a songworm. <laughs> It gets in your head, and now I'm, I guarantee that half the people who just heard this record are going to have it in their heads for at least a day. All right, now we're going to play a little of this and see if this stays in your head. Supercar, supercar, with beauty and grace as swift as can be, watch it flying through the travels in space or under the sea and it can journey anywhere supercar okay now if that stays in your head then you are definitely someone who needs to listen to this program on a regular basis because we've got your number if it doesn't stay in your head believe me some point during the day it's going to come back to you supercar <laughs> supercar yeah, Bobby didn't oh, say We're in a one. jolly frame of mind this morning. Well, you have to be jolly. I mean, you know, I mean, the world is becoming a uh, becoming a very uh, crazy place. Becoming? Well, it's becoming crazier, I think. It's becoming crazier because there are there is a split unlike anything that we've seen in our lifetime and we've seen plenty of irritations along the lines of social structures and designs and political structures and designs. But there's a crack, big crack, um, a fault line. And the fault line, not unlike the difficulty with finding a way to adjust our climate issues, has become worse. 
And yeah, so, I think I think as we grow older too, uh, we realize there's no delusion of control of anything. No, no, that that's been thrown out the window completely now. And what it so, so the chaos is really exhausting. Yeah, the chaos is exhausting, and we thought the chaos was going to uh, tone down. And it has told So down. cling to the 45s. That's why we do this. Cling to them. Because the idea is if we can recreate the moments prior to the breakdown, then we might have a better chance at rebirth. And the 45 RPM is a representation. What's contained in those grooves is a repre- representation, in my estimation, of our better selves. Yes, um, music is a... Uh, is a manifestation of our better selves. Of our better selves. And so many of those recordings stay with us, guys like you and I, because of the impact that they made philosophically, spiritually, um, so many different reasons. They instructed us in, in, in a lot of ways from the time we were very young into adulthood. And uh, there is no substitute for such instruction and there is no instruction of that manner anymore. Um, so I'm so grateful to Bobby Darren for his existence and the, uh, the the love that he brought to me. Bobby Darren now exists beyond the sea mm. and beyond the frame of uh, a world that no uh, that finds it difficult to produce uh, artists of that nature. And um, he will be forever cherished and forever remembered. And, um, so very, what's the next Captain Billy? Well, the next Captain Billy, my friend, we're talking about a wink is as good as a nod to a blind horse. Oh, good. This is going to be a beauty. Captain Billy's Magic 8-Ball coming at you. It'll be coming at you very, very shortly. New episode where Bill reaches into his 8-track treasure trove, pulls out one of his uh, one of its nuggets of gold, and uh, gives you a little insight into it. And this one is The Faces. The Faces, wonderful, short, but really sweet album. Uh, great band. Great band. Great band. And uh, you... <laughs> the story that Bill is going to impart to you as you listen to yes. the narrative. Don't give it away. No, that, uh, this one I would not give away. This is a beauty. It is a beauty. If you've heard Bill's Miles Davis story, uh, which means. Now, this is the have, counterweight. This is the counterweight to the yes. Miles Davis story. So. You can look forward to that as well as uh, another episode of Put on a Stack of 45s. And we will at some point be returned with another And the Splendid Boho Goes to, um, where we shall <laughs> a character actor. Hey, does, does Max know about the uh, Martin Scorsese Grateful Dead biopic? No, I'll let him know. You Jonah have to Hill let him is, know. Uh, that'll be fun. Bill's son has, is a... Is a is a great follower of the Grateful Dead. Here's a perfect example how the how the art is handed down from generation to generation. And Max travels to see the dead in its latest incarnation. And they could probably all die. And he would 
people would still come out and see the representatives of the Grateful Dead. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just one of those intriguing uh, stories. Um, in any case, yes, lots to bring you, lots to talk about, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Put on a Stack of 45. Bless you, Bobby Darren. Bless you, Bill Mesnick. And as the holiday season approaches, we will see you after Thanksgiving. So we wish you a very happy and a very healthy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Love to all. Love to all. What did Red Skelton say? May God bless. May God bless. And on that cheerful note, cheerful as we'll say for Christmas. We'll see you soon, gang. Bye-bye.